So bringing attention, paying attention to the, the way it is. So this is, a, this is a reflective statement. And so how do you do that? You know, that when you try to figure it out, you get yourself in a tangle. It's not a matter of thinking, but of, of paying attention. And for me, this, this uh, very much is like listening. Developing this, this sense of witnessing being the silent witness. It's more, it's like switching on a light, something it's not, you know, it's not anything uh, difficult or, uh, you know, beyond anyone's ability at this moment, anyone is quite capable of just opening to this present moment. And when you start thinking about opening to the present moment, then it becomes complicated. And this is when I say trust yourself, is, uh, trusting is, you know, something that you do, something that you do right now, not, you don't think about it. So the sense of listening, like listening is uh, on this wide spectrum, not listening for anything in particular, you know, not focusing on any particular sound, but just opening up the, the machinery to be like a, to be receptive to both internal and external uh, Sounds. So of course, we used to we're used to to uh, thinking of sound as something external, like the sound of the wind or movement from outside. But also uh, directing this this listening, silent listening to just what's going on inside you. You know, like kind of general state you're in, the kind of mood. The um, the body itself. Listen to the body. So this uh, this way of speaking, of course, helps me to to um, to reminds me to do this. So just by Thinking in this way, this gentle reminder, opening to the way it is, paying attention, awakening, receiving this moment, and notice, you know, the, the body. Just when I say this, I notice certain sensations in my right leg. It suddenly became conscious. Now the existential reality of this moment is 
that each one of us is the is in this position of uh, being the center of experience. And, and this is very important. I remember going through, through uh, what I found in my meditation life, you know, various images suddenly becoming very important to me. And... Uh, so I've, I, when when they kind of rise up, some something in me kind of takes an interest, and I um, pursue that. So, in uh, remember when I lived at Chitters, I became completely kind of uh, fascinated with the concept of Axis Mundi. So, and for, I don't know why, you know, just this something in me, uh, this, this word Latin, two words in Latin, uh, certainly made sense to me in a, in a practical way rather than just some kind of abstract axis mundi. Uh, it became apparent that, that in terms of experience, this is the axis mundi, this is the center of the universe. In terms of here and now, in terms of direct experience, it's not like a kind of overestimation of oneself. It's not an egotistical uh, uh, kind of uh, obsession with myself, with a megalomania, announcing myself as the center of the universe, which would be madness. But it is a reflection on experience right now. So just putting yourself in this, taking this this concept of axis mundi and then recognizing that at this moment, each one of us uh, is experiencing from where we are. And uh, so I'm up here on the high seat and you're there on the floor. But wherever you are, this is, this is the center point. So then the, this attitude of witnessing or paying attention uh, you know, this, this, uh, in Spanish they use the word attention for mindfulness. There's nothing more than that. It's nothing kind of, you know, difficult or an attainment of any sort. And when people say they're trying to be mindful, it always sounds a bit ridiculous. You don't try to be mindful. You, you be mindful. So when we try to be mindful and we're grasping the, the concept of mindfulness, I should be mindful, I should be here and now, I've got to be mindful, I must practice mindfulness. And these are, you know, these, this is the way we think and grasp the, the, uh, the concept of sati and mindfulness. 
And just by that grasping of the concept, we, we, we aren't mindful because we're, we're grasping a concept. So when, we, when I use the word sati, it isn't a concept to be grasped, but it's, it's a reminder. It's something to, not, not that you should, you know, I'm saying you should all be mindful and practice mindfulness and, and, and give you a, you know, a sermon on how heedless you are and, and you've got to improve yourself by becoming mindful. It's, it's an encouragement to trust in this simple, imminent act of attention in the present. Then recognizing the axis mundi is here, then that puts me in a different relationship to you, other than the conventional one. In that at this moment, my how I reflecting is is noticing the way it is. You're, you know, at this moment I'm looking at you as a group in this temple. It's an object in consciousness. That's the way it is, it's as simple as that, it's a fact. <clears throat> well, on a conventional level, we, we think we're all here together in the temple and uh, and we think in terms of, you know, the monks, nuns, lay people, and on and on like this is the conventional reality. And uh, and then we, our thought process and our what we deduct from those assumptions is usually on that conventional level, which is all right in itself. It's nothing wrong in it. But that is the conventional reality. That is the assumptions we make and the and the conventions that we we are using. But now we're, we're, we're transcending conventional reality. We're no longer, uh, you know, taking, we're not trying to, to endlessly kind of, uh, reshuffle the deck of cards and, and, uh, and get fascinated with all the different permutations and that on conventional reality, but transcending the conventional reality by this attention or awakeness. So I'm not it doesn't mean I'm I'm looking at you in some kind of in some kind of totally kind of cold uh, uninterested way. Just putting you all in a in a category of some object. But just noticing it is but that would take thought, wouldn't it, to to kind of dismiss you uh, in, in, on the level of, of uh, some value system I might be forming from this assumption. But just uh, this awakeness is, is recognizing that at this moment this is the way it is. I just found that quite, quite uh, fascinating. It's that you're in, you know, in putting it in, in the English language, you're in my consciousness. 
this moment, and it's quite interesting. So, consciousness, what, what is that? You know, what, what do we mean by consciousness? Because we're all conscious now. We're all experiencing consciousness at this very moment. And so this moment includes, <coughs> when I, through sight, when I'm looking out, includes all of you in this, this, this moment of I consciousness. You're in, in, in my consciousness as, a, as an object. And as I've said many times, I can't see my face at this moment. I can see yours. So, they're just noticing this, that I can be aware of my own body. Making it conscious means paying attention to the, the body as experience right now. So this is when we bring the, our own physical body into consciousness. is a simple act of noticing it. It's like this. So then the feeling of pressure sitting on the on this seat. I notice the, the most obvious sensations of of sitting. My body is has the pressure of the body on the on the seat. You can be aware of any kind of tensions or pain or feeling heat, hot or cold. There they come to consciousness as we just notice witness to this experience now. So in terms of right now, then the, the body, you know, you can experience this body. You can't experience my body through, through feeling, can you? you? You can experience it through sight at this moment. So this is the, the center point, the axis mundi, this, this awakened state within this human form. So, and that means that the Buddha, putting it in Buddhist terms, the Buddha is aware of the Dhamma rather than uh, Ajahnsamedo is uh, aware of his body and so forth. When I put it in the personal terms of self, it's a different effect. You know, when I, when I, when I empower conventional reality to be ultimate reality, to be the reality that I... Um, believe in, then of course I'm limited to being this physical body and the, and the personality and the, the whole habit patterns and tendencies uh, that are limited to the, you know, to this karmic formation. So then the thing all, you know, and you, 
the same old things go around. You know, the habits repeat themselves, the patterns of thought and the memories. And, and uh, like this will come up into consciousness and, and one believes in it. So, you know, you can think of something, you know, when, when I become my personality, then I become somebody who has a history and uh, has a position, has a uh, lot of memories, has certain emotional habits, some good, not so, some not so good, and uh, and the and the samsara is in motion and, and going around. So trying to to you know improve your personality or you know to emphasize you know be obsessed with the physical body, trying to make it perfect and healthy and and uh, work from just improving the five khandhas even though you know that can have certain advantages but it's not but one can't lib- be liberated through that because they're very limited conditioned experiences that we you know that we blindly uh, take refuge in resort to cling to. So the way of non-clinging is, is this attention, awakeness. So it's immediate. It's not, it's not a process that you, you develop. It's not something that, that you do to, you know, you work today to uh, practice today to, to be mindful tomorrow. Unless you're grasping the idea of self believing in the, in the, in the, in the assumptions you have about yourself as a person, as a personality, and your abilities or lack of abilities or whatever. So then, one, you know, if I come from the personality position, you know, I'm, I'm pretty bored with my personality 70 years now. You know, it's, I don't have a personality that, that I find uh, that uh, interests me anymore. Very bored with, with it, actually. <laughs> because it just repeats itself over and over again, you know. When this happens, then the then the personality goes blah blah blah, blah. and then that happens, and then it goes blah blah blah, just like pushing the buttons, and and then the this is the answer. Says the same things over and over for seven, you know, for all these years. It, it, it hasn't changed that much. So I noticed, you know, early on how I could get angry over just by regurgitating memories of the past, things, you know, unfortunate incidences or uh, hurts or abuses that that I've experienced before I became a monk. And then being a monk, being a bhikkhu, I could bring them up, and even though they were long gone, you know, in terms of years. Passed by, 
I could still get just as angry in Wat Bapong as I, as I was then. And that's the power of memory, isn't it? If, and, and personality, we, we have certain memories that, that keep coming back to us, especially of, of uh, success or failure. Or happy memories or miserable ones. So memory then is not to be trusted either. Not to take refuge in a memory and then, and, you know, then we, then we, this is what the world is doing now. There's all these, this revenge that's going on, the Al Qaeda and the, United States wanting to to stamp out terrorism. It's all based on grudges and assumptions and prejudices and ignorance of the worst kind that every you know the, internationally they're indulging in endlessly. <clears throat> so it's understandable in human terms. I understand, you know, wanting to seek revenge and punish the, make pe- people who've hurt me, punish them for it, or get even with them, or, or then even feeling, you know, from an altruistic level, wanting to forgive, feeling I should forgive that, you know, on a grand level of, of altruism, you know, not wanting to, to be someone who just caught in resentment in, in towards things that happened in the past. So there's a conflict too. Emotionally, one can feel one way and altruistically another. One would like to be forgiving and, and, and sensible about it. After all, it's over now. It's long past. And, you know, one should, one understands that everybody's suffering and people that have persecuted me in the past, no doubt were suffering from ignorance. And I can understand all that and, and agree with it. But that's coming from my intellect that's being very reasonable about it all. And then emotionally, I might feel, you know, emotions aren't reasonable. The emotional world is not a reasonable world. So then we can turn our hatred towards ourselves, you know, the, the reasonable, sensible, altruistic, uh, nice guy really, you know, doesn't like this emotional, immature, uh, stupid little thing, you know, that, that feels sorry for himself and resents having been mistreated in the past and not been properly respected and not been recognized the way he thinks he should have been and, and unfairnesses of that one experiences in life and, and the whinging crybaby, you know, my altruistic tomato detests that. And so when, when the whinging crybaby starts home, then there's the, the uh, the sensible 
grand tomatoes. They're this stupid. Don't be so stupid. Forget it. Stiff upper lip. It's the past. You must learn to forgive. Be compassionate. Understand the suffering of all sentient beings. And, uh, and let go of this. So that's good advice. And, it, and it's beautiful thoughts. <coughs> But at this moment, whatever, if it's the altruistic saint or the, or the um, whinging crybaby, it is the way it is. You know, so this isn't taking sides, uh, preferring one over the other, but just noticing the, the mental state that one might be experiencing. It is the way whinging crybabies like this. You know, so it's not it's not uh, it's not passing any judgment, criticism about it, or making any problem about it. It's not. <clears throat> I've got to come to terms with my whinging crybaby type of of thinking. It's receiving it and recognizing it the way it is. So on that, in that way, we, on the emotional level, is we because we are emotional creatures. <clears throat> this is an emotional realm, isn't it? It's a sensitive realm. It's not a reasonable realm that we live in most of the time. You know, so you know, even though we reason is is a great gift and a lovely thing to be able to use. Um, our experience is most of it isn't always isn't reasonable. It is like this. So you're beginning to rec- what is it that can recognize this, the emotional experience right now? Because, you know, if, if, if right now I make the whinging crybaby is, is in, in consciousness, then there's an awareness of it. Now even saying whinging crybaby is going too far because that's, that's, that's a kind of pejorative way of looking at it, isn't it? It's looking down on it and kind of detesting it because those are pejorative terms. So it's not, not, even that's going too far. If, if that feeling, if that mood is, is conscious, it is like this. You know, one opening to it, receiving it. And when you, uh, do this, you know, then it, you know, your, your relationship to it isn't, isn't identity anymore. Or judgment, but uh, it's Buddha seeing the Dhamma. It's moved from the personal, judgmental, critical, uh, mental states to the Buddha seeing, knowing the Dhamma, the truth of the way it is, that all conditions are impermanent. You know, this whinging crybaby is, it arises, it ceases, it's changing. It is what it is. 
So that's where this, this uh, refuge, and this is the Buddhist uh, skillful means, taking refuge in Buddha Dhamma Sangha. And this, this I think, very important for uh, us to to uh, cultivate this sense of refuge in Buddha Dhamma Sangha, because we come from a society that that takes refuge in our views and opinions and ideals, and and uh, so we, we, you know, we. These aren't very good refuges, you know. Makes us stubborn or prejudiced or intolerant all the time, critical. You know, very idealistic people that have high standards usually, you know, they're always so critical of everything, of themselves, of the world they live in, because the the world is not going to be. Uh, a neat package that it should be according to an ideal. Nor is our life experience going to be, you know, the what we want. You know, if we want to be a sensible, uh, reasonable, intelligent, attractive person, and that's that's what we aim for in life. Well, it, it, you know, that, that's not a very good refuge because, uh, if that's what we, we, uh, we aim for, then, um, then our emotional life oftentimes is, is, uh, is seen as a threat. Because emotions are messy, they're not neat packages. <coughs> So in Buddha and Dhamma, Buddha, the, the, the awakened one, the, the one who knows, the witness, the Buddha knows the Dhamma. So then in terms of the, the Wenjie and crybaby is Dhamma if, if, we, if we take refuge in the Buddha rather than some kind of personal uh, flaw. And so in Dhamma, then we, we, all conditions are impermanent. The pace Sankarani cha. Oh, this is this is the the uh, it's, this is not a dismissal of anything. It's just noticing. This, this, we say all conditions are impermanent. It's not a a concept we grasp. It's a reminder to notice the, the changingness of emotional conditions we are experiencing right now. So then this puts us in the position of the Buddha, the, the knowing of the truth, of the way it is.
So in this, this uh, sense of um, openness of awareness, this is this is because this is something you don't you can't will. You know, it's it's a, an imminent act, and it, and it, and when we're really mindful, we're in a state of openness and receptivity, a relaxed state of being. So, like trying to be mindful tends to close us off. You know, so we're you know we 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 think mindfulness is a certain thing. You know, we've got to get. We're not. Then we see our, then we criticize ourselves for not being mindful. When you when you drop your your cup or you trip on the step or something, then you say, "Oh, I'm not being mindful," and and uh, because you uh, you've got this idea that if you were really mindful, these things would never happen. If you were really mindful all the time, you'd never uh, spill uh, your coffee on your white robes or you'd, you'd never trip on the step and uh, you'd just be kind of perfect person that's with every movement in, in, a, in a total way all the time. This is, this is idealizing mindfulness, isn't it? <clears throat> so I remember one great joyous moment when I was a layman in Bangkok and I was staying at Wat Bawaniwait and the, one of the monks there was always kind of preachy, had a preachy kind of nature the western monk and he, and he said be mindful, mindfulness, mindfulness is the way and I got so fed up with this kind of preachiness you know that I kind of resented it as a so anyway, I was. They, were, they gave me a kuti at Wat Bawaniwait, and so he was going to take me to this new kuti. And uh, he tripped on the steps. <laughs> I felt this kind of leap of joy, <laughs> and I said, "Mindfulness." <laughs> So rather than than trying to become somebody who's mindful all the time, uh, this uh, see that this is this is grasping the ideals of Buddhism. And so in any religion, you know, the the problems arise in the fact that we grasp uh, grasp the the ideas. They're all good ideas, you know, about being good and not being bad, and and uh, being mindful and getting samadhi and and having compassion and uh, metta and all this these are these are very you know high minded very beautiful ideas ideals that's not diminishing them but but then when we grasp them out of ignorance you know what happens is that we um, you know we're setting standards on a high level. Uh, that uh, we, that make us heedless. We don't see what we're doing. It's like we're grasping 
the the convention and we're not using it. So if one just, you know, if, if, if you just grasp the convention in, as an end in itself, you end up with a convention and that's it. You end up being someone who grasps Buddhism. So then they say like becoming a Buddhist and, and the people have, you know, strong views about being a Buddhist or not being a Buddhist or, and then we adopt all the Buddhist uh, terminologies and shave our heads and put on robes become Buddhist samanas and we can do all this and still you know not get the point we're, we're merely uh, becoming Buddhists in a worldly way so this is where there's refuge in Buddha Dhamma Sangha is is um, isn't uh, becoming you don't become mindful just notice that right now is you're listening the sense of openness receptivity it's as simple as that then if you start thinking I've got to pay I've got to be more then you can be aware of the uh, the way your mind grasps those ideas and and then feels that right now maybe you're not mindful enough. <clears throat> because as a personal quality, mindfulness doesn't work to claim I'm really a mindful person and and uh, after all these years as a monk I'm I'm you know, I'm very mindful person. Person you know person personality is not isn't where it's at. You know, if I start claiming I'm, that I'm a very mindful person, I've kind of missed the point again, lost it. So, but I can be aware of it if I tend to do that. You know, the way my my habit tendencies tend to see myself as not being mindful or being mindful or being. Uh, proud that I'm so mindful or feeling embarrassed or um, despairing because I, I'm not mindful as I think I should be. So don't, you know, putting, putting these concepts on pinnacles is not the way. It's, it's putting them into practice. So see, mindfulness is is quite ordinary. It's not not a you know. It's not not something that you have to work on to to get. But it's recognizing. Like when I notice that I just bringing attention to this moment. This is mindfulness. There's a sense of right now in terms of my own experience reflecting on what I'm experiencing right now there's, there's a this is this is awareness it's like this and, and I'm not aware of anything in particular but just this there is this sense of being present, alert, 
both inter to what's going on internally and externally. So mindfulness then then has this what we call like the point that includes everything. Like when we use words like ekagata, or that in uh, is uh, one pointedness, we tend to think of that as concentrating on a point that excludes everything. So, like, say, the candle flame, and you 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 concentrate on the candle flame. You have to exclude everything around it. So you you you're concentrating on a point that excludes. But a point doesn't, you know, can can uh, have can be dimensionless, isn't that? When we think of a point only in terms of a little dot or a particular object, or a point that includes. So this is this is an intuitive sense then. So I just notice, like when I'm. Uh, Awake and aware. When I'm in this this awareness, this awareness is attentiveness. It's one-pointed. It, it, it really includes everything. I'm not distracting myself at this moment with, you know, desultory habits of just jumping from this to that. It's not thinking, it's not anything, but it, it includes. So, I recognize this, uh, you know, when I talk about sound of silence, when this, uh, when you're really relaxed and open, then this, this kind of vibratory sound becomes apparent. <clears throat> so for me at this moment, then this, this moment is resonating with this, you know, called the sound of silence. And it's, uh, it's not like a real sound, because it doesn't kind of blot out anything. But it's like the background, it has, it's, it includes everything. It's like the space in this temple, isn't it? it? The space includes us all. <clears throat> and, and it'll include whatever comes in the temple. You know, terrorists or, or clean people, dirty people, rats and mice, cats and dogs. Atheists, whatever. <laughs> uh, that space doesn't particularly discriminate. It doesn't say my space is only for the, the elite. You know, space it does it, it will allow anything that comes into it to be what it is. Reflecting in this way gives you, I mean, pointing, what I'm trying to do anyways, 
is, is kind of encouraged, it's getting you to trust this awareness, to notice it, because in recognizing it or realizing it, because it's something you have all the time, not something that you lack, it's just you don't notice it. You give your attention to the conditions, you know, to the self-views or the fears and desires, and they get all your attention and, and uh, commitment. They dominate your conscious experience. So it, 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 we're not getting rid of any of it, but we're letting go of those conditions to, to realize this very natural state of being. Being relaxed and open is natural. It's not, it's not a contrived state. It's where we, we, you know, we, we are at our best. And so, and because we, we aren't used to noticing, it's not, not emphasized in our cultural conditioning. Mindfulness is not a kind of word that I remember hearing very much in my uh, religious conditioning or cultural conditioning when I was young or child. It was all about, you know, work hard, strive hard, be good, uh, obey the laws, obey the teacher, obey your mother and father, don't be naughty. Don't up, don't rock the boat. Go to school. Get good grades. <laughs> All this kind of stuff, I remember. Be good boy because God is very upset when you're naughty. I used to have, you know, another boy I used to feel every time I was naughty, God was very upset. And then I feel guilty. But then I don't remember anybody talking about mindfulness. So this was uh, this was something I never really understood till becoming a a Buddhist, where it is the kind of it's the essence of of the Buddhist teaching. So during this retreat, this sense of, you know, encouraging you to see it, to to not grasp, and I've got to get something out of this retreat kind of uh, practice, you know. You know, or if you do notice what you're doing, how you how you see this retreat, you know, how you're holding those words, and and about what you you know you you how you want to practice in this retreat and see what you know you've got to get this or get rid of that so what I'm encouraging is is this retreat is just for paying attention for relaxing enjoy this retreat 
um, so that it it's kind of nurturing you it's helping you it's not just another kind of uh, challenge an ordeal that you have to put up with for the next two weeks or something you've got to you know get something from achieve and attain from practicing really hard So each, you know, I've, I've, you know, found also in in community life is so full frustrating for me. I used to be so frustrating because I, you know, I judged others by my my own standards. That I found it difficult to understand why people, why they're so different, why they do things that I wouldn't do or think things that I wouldn't think or act in ways that I wouldn't act or uh, found you know they shouldn't be like that or they shouldn't do that kind of reactions feeling wanting them to conform and and fit into what I considered normal behavior and and so forth this is uh, you know trying to to make it all kind of make the sangha into a nice orderly group of committed Samanas, practicing the Dhamma, the ideal, very beautiful ideal. And then feeling frustrated when it, when it didn't quite work out that way. And then just by reflecting on the, the law of karma, you know, that, and this is like what we get in Thailand is very much the, this is a part of their cultural um, attitude is the law of karma so you know we're, we're working out our karmas each one has we have our own peculiar karmic karma to to understand and so this I think this creates a lot more tolerance towards ourselves and towards each other when we when we look at each other and and we don't quite understand what what's happening for somebody else if we think them you know we we form value judgments about them because they they don't do what we do they don't seem to be doing it in the way that they should be doing it according to my standards <clears throat> so i found this 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 uh, perception of the law of karma quite helpful it's a kind of and then suddenly, I, when I, it's their karma, then it, it, it's not dismissing it, but it's, it's accepting the way somebody is, without trying to, you know, compare it with high standards or my own standards, or, or uh, feeling there's something wrong with them. Because it is true, isn't it? 
we, in, in many ways, we're the same. <clears throat> but in, in many ways, we're not. We have our own peculiarities and eccentricities and perversities and inclinations. That, uh, that you know, when, it, when, when somebody finds something interesting that I find boring, you know, how can they find that interesting? Because I, I can't, many things I can't find interesting that other people find interesting. And so it's karma. So looking at it in these, in this way, you know, this, this helps us to to say, uh, respect each other for what we are. You know, that we are, um, you know, we're here together in this endeavor to realize the Dhamma, the Buddha, seeing the Dhamma. Everybody here. So this is worthy of respect. And, and uh, then we, we have uh, the conventions, the Theravada Buddhism and the Thai forest tradition and the Amravati and the retreat and all these. And so these are here to encourage this, you know, how to use these conventional forms for awakening rather than for institutionalizing or grasping. And then this, this puts the onus on each one of us, you know, how, how do, how can I use this life? for awareness. The monastic form, uh, Amravati, the community that, that I'm living with right now, the society that I'm living in. The other day somebody was talking about how in Thailand, you know, you, you know, raising up Thailand is somehow more conducive to practice than England. And that's not the point. Not that's not it, you know, in terms of 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 because uh, you can live in Thailand and be, you know, you know, still not awakened to anything, even when you've got a very supportive condition. So it's you know it's, it's how to how to use the conditions we find ourselves in. For awakening, and then this, this is learning to trust in this awakenedness. Recognize, like this, is very simple. For me, it's, it's just listening, being fully present, and so I'm sound of silence. I can, from there, it gives this, this sense of. The point that includes everything, it opens up. I said, relax into it. Don't try to get it, you know. I've got it now, I'm going to grasp it, but relax with it. It's like a sense of just opening and opening wide, opening the heart. You know, so you're not trying to, to get anything and, you know, get your grip on it and make it into some kind of attainment, personal attainment. But it's, uh, it's, it's a very natural state 
when one is when is is in a relaxed state, it's a being at ease, receptive. And this includes even if you're uptight and uh, anxious and frightened and going through very unpleasant emotional experiences, open to that. You know, let them be what they are, this, rather than than trying to get rid of them. Because when when we have fears and and irrational uh, things happen to us, there's so much kind of resistance to it, or trying to to control and get rid of it. But in your refuge in Buddha Dhamma Sangha, then see it is not not a matter of getting rid of, but but it's uh, our karma that, that right now this is these feelings are like this. Our, we're opening to them, we're receiving them rather than we're not grasping them. Grasping is something else. Grasping is the saying, oh, I'm like this, and this is, this is no good, or uh, making judgments, and you create yourself. It's always through some kind of judging thing. <clears throat> so this is non-judgmental. Recognize that, you know, this is a safe place. Uh, you've got, you know, the conditions... Uh, are here at Amrabati to convey this sense of safety, as safe as you can get in the in the in this worldly situation on this planet. You know, so then uh, the, we're here to, you know, in this to support each other, help each other. We're not here to compete. And and uh, quarrel and and try to one side dominate the other. We're here to to support each other in this uh, and give and and by support I mean remembering this too. as we, as I become as I'm more relaxed and open. This has good effect on you. Going around saying relax and open up, and I'm all uptight. You know, I'm giving you really good advice. You know, <laughs> but then the message is, uh, you know, is that, you know, I'm giving you good advice, but my, but I, but I'm not doing it. So I'm giving you saying something very wise, but you're actually picking up the fact that this guy's really uptight, <laughs> and he's telling us to relax, and he, you know, he can't do it. So then, you know, the messages get confused. So just by, you know, it's not something you can command. I can't, you know, give a give a command that you should relax and then you do it. As the conditions arise, you begin to open more and, and recognize, and 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 then the relaxation is the quite naturally happens. So just wanting to to. Uh, emphasize and, and encourage this, not not command. Even being uptight and and in a you know in a in a with anxiety and fear, a sense of relaxing is receiving it, you know, not making a problem about what might seem to be a problem. 
So I found like like uh, when unpleasant mental states, anxiety, worry, just by trying to stop them out doesn't work. But as I open to them, receive them, they they tend to drop away on their in their own accord. So in, in this retreat, it's the sense of trust in the Buddha Dhamma Sangha, refuge in Buddha Dhamma Sangha, trusting yourself in this way. Using the word yourself doesn't mean your your ego. Don't trust your ego or your personality. But this is a, this is directly through. You're the Axis Mundi. You know what's happening. You know what's going on inside you. You're the one that's experiencing the the feeling, the emotion, the heat or the cold or the pleasure or pain that, that, that you're experiencing right now, you're the one that knows that. So trusting in this, 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 this knowing, this, this buto, Uttangsernangachami, trusting, seeing that, these, these words that I found quite helpful. That when I'm aware, then this is, this is the Buddha. I'm not claiming to be Buddha. Because <laughs> then it becomes, I have to think, you know, I'm the Buddha. And then it becomes part of the Sakyaditi. So it's not trying to, to claim that one has anything, but no, I mean, this is, this is Bhutang Sarnangachami, this awareness. And this fear and anxiety is Dhamma. It is, you know, you're looking at it now in terms of Dhamma rather than as personal, personal problem. And so trust in this, you know, and, and, and in a way, and do things in a way that, that help you to relax so that this retreat has has uh, leads you on towards more confidence in yourself in terms of practice <clears throat> rather than setting high standards for this retreat and then and then uh, you know working hard and then after the retreat's over it all falls apart again you know so you go through these you get high on a disciplined retreat and then you go back to the normal routine and it's and then you go back to your old ways of your old habits and you feel like you've failed. <clears throat> so that's not, that's, you know, that's, I think we've all experienced that. So this, 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 the, the thing that most of us lack is, is a very much confidence and trust in our own Ability. Because the way with the self-critical mind we see our, we're putting ourselves down is, and see ourselves in terms of being unable or not very good at or not progressing and, you know, we, it's so easy to believe these, these kind of perceptions. Don't believe them. You know, not to be, they're not your refuge. So in this, this retreat, it's learning to trust and 
recognize this awareness. It's very simple. And enjoy it, you know. Not, not grasp the idea of getting hold of it and keeping it, but when you have it, enjoy it. When you forget it, that's okay too. Because the more you, you enjoy the awareness and, and relax with it, the more you, you incline towards it. So it's not a matter of, of uh, getting it and holding on, but of recognizing it. So that when you do forget, it's just a simple act of remembering. You know, so you lose it, you get caught up in your melodrama. And then suddenly you, oh, it's a simple act of remembering. Ah, opening. 